1: Uh there's no Dallas today, which is super convenient. After I took the under on half a win. <laughs> uh when they had one game left against the Mariners and then a weekend series against the Houston Astros. I said the next time we meet, the Oakland A's will still be at 10 wins. And lo and behold, the Oakland Athletics are still at 10 victories
0: yeah Uh, but hold on hold on you got to give them credit it was only 21 to 6 over the three games
2: that's not
1: bad
0: yeah hang with them
2: and it's a long it's a long weekend so it's best not over yet yeah that's true it's a long well they don't play the astros again today well they play
1: the braves and they could win (laughs) oh they could uh their their run differential is now down to uh 199. Which is not two hundred. It's not negative yep. two hundred. Not yet. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it it was bad. It was real bad over the weekend. You had uh, Jose Abreu hit his first home run of the season. Which I mean, Jake, we didn't even talk about that on Name Redacted. The number of Red Sox mm-hmm. fans that were screaming at the sky because Heim Bloom didn't pony up to to outbid the Houston Astros for Jose Abreu. He's statistically been the worst hitter in the league this year. Just hit his first home run of the season against the Oakland A's in Oakland. in what was, a, I think it was a 10 to one final, something like that. And Jose Abreu hits the home run. He sprints around the bases. And then the entire Houston Astros team is standing in front of the dugout and he slides in the dirt into the dugout, and they embrace him. It's a whole big moment. They, they love that guy. He hasn't been great, but they love that guy. Why not? Good player, good guy. The Oakland A's did not like that. Uh, he gets thrown at his next time out there, gets smoked with a heater, and the Houston Astros Twitter account, I think they tweeted out the... I think it was the video of the home run. And their tweet, yes. No, no, no. This was the Jordan Alvarez second homer. He hit two. And the caption was 10 runs in front of tens of fans. From the official Houston Astros account. And I'm sitting here saying, wow, okay. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a shot that I don't think we needed to, to fire. I mean, like leave that to us to fire the shots at the Oakland A's. Not the Houston Astros Twitter account. <clears throat> and and I saw Chris Rose was like, "Come on, like we don't need this from the official Houston Astros account. They ended up deleting the tweet, and I don't know, I don't know how I feel about deleting it. I feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna throw that I, that shot, <clears throat> you've gotta you've gotta like own it. The biggest lock of
0: the century was that tweet being deleted as soon as it was sent and like that." <laughs> Having having worked some on on that side of the ledger for social media and baseball, like that was a massive error in judgment, and like that that that's just that's something that Jared Carabas can tweet, right? Like that's just to see that from a team account. I, I I thought it was funny, but it was obviously going to disappear in a matter of minutes. Um, so even
1: I even I don't think I would do that. Like I so as far. Here's as far as I went about that game. I said, I think it's time to kick the A's out of the league before someone gets hurt. It's (laughs) one thing to be considered the worst baseball team of all time, but it's another thing to to have to... It's another thing to have... Did I... Can I read? Oh, yes. But it's another thing to have there be no doubt about it. There's no debate here. I didn't come at the fans. Like, I think... Like, I, I think that the whole coming at A's fans and Rays fans is just a tired act at this point. It's almost like a casual cheap shot to make. Like, oh, sure. yeah, they're That's the fine. team. Then they have no fans. Right. So I don't know. I, I it's a cheap shot because like, yeah, we get it. Like A's fans don't show up, but you, you have to go that deeper layer. Is it because they don't exist? Is it because they're fair weather? No, it's because look at their fucking tip. Would you show up to support that product? I don't no. think that like you should take not that the the official Houston Astros Twitter account is going to do this. But if you're going to take a cheap shot, take it at the owners, take it at Fisher. Like it's his fucking fault. It's not the fans fault that the product sucks. It's not the players fault that they just collected the the, the shittiest players in the league and put them all on one team. Like that's not it's not anyone's fault besides the ownership of the Oakland Athletics who have made a mockery of the sport by putting this roster out there and claiming that they're competing at any level.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that A's fans got so offended by that. Because it's like, yeah, there's tens of fans, but the, I feel like that was kind of the inference. Like they were, that was the kind of the point. Like no one goes to the games because the team sucks because the owners don't pay anyone and it's a complete embarrassment and they like sold all the good of players. Advance.
1: But it's a shot at the fans, and that's just unnecessary like it's not the fans' fault
0: it it does feel like we crossed uh, uh, the Rubicon a little bit with the a's situation over the weekend with these this sequence of events where it was like you know people had been kind of having fun with it but it it did feel a little bit embarrassing and like another team's twitter I know it's just one team and one Twitter account but like another team's account taking a shot at the A's in so blatant a fashion on the heels of one of their players. And I thought Abreu's stuff was pretty good-natured. And to me, I interpreted it as a a release for a guy who had not hit a home run all season. It was more internal than anything to do with the A's. Um, But like, they also allowed seven home runs in this 10-to-1 game. And it, it felt more like a like just a show that the Astros were putting on are kind of a carnival act than it did a baseball game when you combine like all of these things afterwards. And like, that's what I think Major League Base, that's the, that's the risk Major League Baseball is running with this, that we're only, it's May, t- we're recording on May 29th. We have set many more months to go of this season and the A's playing baseball. And the way these things tend to go is they tend to get worse. Mm-hmm. These teams, like anybody, we've talked about it on this pod, anybody who's not nailed down has to be a trade candidate on this team, right? And so why would the team, other than like a dead cat bounce, why would this team play better than it's playing right now? I looked at fan graphs this morning. They have the A's projected to finish 54 and 108. They would have to win at a 411... <laughs> They'd have to win at a 411 clip from here on out to get that. That's like almost impossible to imagine with this, with the way that things are going here. Like it's it's becoming more disgraceful as opposed to less disgraceful. And I'm not sure I saw that part coming off of the the kind of the the L streak to start. Now, I, I know they didn't start with a losing streak, but you know what I mean? Like to it just felt like it might get better or couldn't get worse, and it's actually gotten worse.
2: Well, let's be fair here. They got their ace coming back tonight. Mr. Paul Blackburn is back on the pump. Oh, so. Paulie, punch out! <laughs> so, hey, man, this is good news. He's been out for three months with a fingernail mm-hmm. avulsion. Ah, I'll get you. fuck is that?
1: I, so, the vibe that I got, because I was watching the game live was very comparable to when they were hitting these home runs it was like they were hitting them off position players but they were hitting them off of big league pitchers that's the celebration that's exactly
0: what i was saying yes
1: yeah like the celebrations were subdued outside of the uh jose abreu celebration which was like the hey i finally hit one it wasn't like hey fuck these motherfuckers like let's go houston up in this bitch it was like Hey, I finally hit a home run. I'm acknowledging that I suck, and I'm kind of like making fun of myself in the process. And the A's did not like that. Uh, even like yeah, like the your Don homers, like it. It felt to me like it was just like, can we please get this game over with? Like it's an inconvenience that I have to run the bases now. Like I thought that like there was a video of Josh Donaldson from I don't know five six years ago where he was I think he was on like a rehab assignment. And he I think he was like playing against like single a players or something like that. And he hit a home run and just walked back to the dugout (laughs) like that's, I almost felt like we were getting close to the point of like your Don hitting a home run. Just walking back to the dugout. You're like, "Ah, I'm not running the fucking
0: bases. You can't overstate how bad this pitching staff is either. (laughs) Like we're talking about the home runs. They've allowed 96 homers this year. The gap between them and the team that's allowed the second most homers is the same as the gap between the team that's allowed the second-most homers and the team that's allowed the 23rd-most homers. There is no comparison to what this pitching staff is doing from a home runs-allowed perspective. Um, And I just think, I, I know it's a frustrating season, and I've never participated in a loser experience quite like what the Oakland A's in 2023 are bringing. But, like, if you're allowing that many home runs to take offense at Jose Abreu's home run and reaction specifically, it's just like, just fucking give it up, man.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: everybody is hitting a home run off of you.
1: They're, they're, they're all
0: just going to be, like, the most boring celebration. I don't know.
1: Their, team sucks. ERA, they obviously have the worst in Major League Baseball, but they're a run and a half worse than the, than the 29th ranked team. Their starters have a 719 ERA. The next worst is the Reds at 592. Like they are demonstrably worse than the worst, which is crazy. Their bullpen. Hey, you know what? It's on they kept it under 7, but still a run and a half worse than the next. You've got uh so, the Chicago White Sox are ranked 29th at uh, with a 507 ERA. The A's bullpen, six fifty. So it, they are that yeah. much worse than the worst.
0: Well, well, let's just let's just keep piling dirt on. Let's put it in, <laughs> in histo- Let's put it in historical perspective because mm-hmm. I know some people are sitting here thinking, "Oh, six eight seven ERA on the season. What does that mean, really?" Well, it would be the worst single season ERA in baseball history Dang. since earned runs for a team, since earned runs became a thing. Fuck. The current mark is the 1930 Philadelphia Phillies, who posted a 6.71 ERA in route to going 52 and 102 in a 154 game season. So the A's are currently on track to be the worst pitching staff by ERA in baseball history.
2: So bad, don't come after my fills like that, man. Jeez. We got over that a while ago, bringing up old shit.
1: The
2: only
0: only team that's really the only modern team that any of us have watched play baseball that's even in the same ballpark as this team in terms of team ERA is the 1996 Detroit Tigers. And I know nobody's going to have remembered anything about them, but they posted a 6.38 ERA. It's just this is this is really bad on on levels that this is like Cleveland Spider shit. This gets I you think... relegated into ba- the baseball trash can.
1: That's so. Sort of so uh, someone asked me yesterday, they're like, do you think that there is a triple A team that could play in the big leagues and, and perform better than the Oakland A's? And I said, I think that there's got to be more than one. <laughs>
0: I, I don't know enough about the current triple A rosters to know that. But I, uh, unlike that ridiculous college football question every year when we get to the national championship game, where it's like, could, could one of these teams beat the Browns? Or the Texans, or whatever, and the answer is always no fucking chance. But in this case, I actually do think they would have. There are AAA rosters that would have a chance because this is primarily a AAA roster, and calling it, or maybe even a double A roster, and calling it anything else, like that's not insulting to Major League Baseball players. I don't think because if we're being honest with ourselves, a decent chunk of these players have no business being on a MLB roster. With everyday jobs in 2023.
1: Yeah. Jesus Aguilar, I think, just got let go. Yeah. Um, I think they just designated him for assignment. So that was like one of the only recognizable names that they had left. Like Brent Rooker is just... He he is going to slug his way to a contender. God bless his heart. I hope it happens for him. And that's going to be one of the happiest Jeff Passan tweet notifications that I've ever received. Brent Rooker to the St. Louis Cardinals. Thank God. Well, the Thank more God.
0: the more interesting question, too, is what do you do? Do you move Ruiz? Like, I know he's young and they just got him at last year's trade deadline. But like, what what is the purpose and what is the future of this team? Because if you can, he's on track, to, as Dallas has outlined, he's out on pe- track to steal like 80 bases this year that mm-hmm. p- could play a role on any team. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good times. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Poor Dallas. That man is sick. The man is sick. Yeah, there's no wonder why he's not here today. Yeah, um, claimed he had something family related. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, isn't wouldn't wouldn't the A's be considered as family? True.
2: Good call. <laughs> yeah, there's a big issue going on right now with the family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have it one in two weeks. Yeah, and they're on pace to be the worst team of all time. Yeah. By a large margin. Hit it out of the
1: park this baseball meeting, season boys. with DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet on your favorite teams, players, and rivalries awesome. all season long. This week, new customers can place a $5, get $200 in bonus <laughs> bets instantly. Plus, all customers can take a shot at even bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook, opt-in, and place your stepped-up same-game parlay bet. Uh, by combining three or more bets from any big league game, boost your baseball winnings with each leg you add up to one hundred percent. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code Jared J A R E D. New customers can bet just five dollars and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. Only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. <clears throat> um, okay, as we always do on uh on a Monday, um. Well, bring a little something, something to the table. What stood out to you over the weekend, uh, Joseph? What stood out to you over the weekend?
2: Uh, man, like I just want to say, like, my prediction of the Texas Rangers was wrong. And I'm sorry.
1: Will they take two out of three?
2: Give me a fucking break. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they took two out of three, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Texas Rangers did well. They're, you know, they're they're taking off the inevitable. I think really what what that what that prediction was coming from was it more of a place of like I like what the Angels are doing right now. Mm. I love this Angels team. They're on fire, and they got swept by the Marlins. And I just want to like <laughs> yeah. say how embarrassing that is. <laughs> hey, the Marlins
1: are not playing bad baseball. Yeah, not, They're not playing great They're baseball. Playing well. The, like Their run differential would tell you that it's going to come crashing back down to earth at some point. But the Marlins have played a decent brand of baseball this season.
0: Well, and what they can do is they are capable of shutting you down pitching wise, right? Like the, the the Angels issue was primarily that they scored seven runs in three games. And yeah. I don't think it's totally surprising that, you know, they had, Liz, what was it, Lizardo? Who pitched mm-hmm. the Saturday game? It was Lizardo on Friday and Perez yesterday. Oh, Edward Cabrera. So, like, they got not necessarily long outings, but good, reasonable outings out of their start young starting
1: pitching. Um, the Marlins have a better record than the Mets, bro. <laughs> they're 28 and 26 with a negative 41 run differential. So, it's like they're above 500. It doesn't make sense. Like, for for all the talk about, oh, yeah, like the NL East, it's going to be a, a monster division because... I mean, you get the powerhouse Mets, you get the Braves, the Phillies were just in the World Series, and the Marlins could be a surprise team. You've got the second place team is the Marlins, like the fucking Miami Marlins are in second place in that division. They're two games above 500. The Mets are 500. They just lost two straight over the weekend. Uh, the Phillies they've got a negative 38 run differential. Uh they are three games under five hundred like that division has been so disappointing i I maybe it turns around at some point, but I don't know. yeah, the Marlins are
2: fifteen and four in one run games Pretty so good. Like, that alone it just makes or breaks your season I mean they're doing they're they are are skirting on that line quickly and Solaire went off this weekend the past week, and that's
1: five straight games of the
2: bomb yeah, so well, yeah, the Marlins are looking good i. In terms of the whole division, I think it's kind of interesting how like the Mets are getting so much shit, but people just kind of ignore the Phillies playing terrible. They just ignore it. And I get why, because this same shit happened last year and they went to the World Series. But at a certain <laughs> point, you got to be like, all right, fix it, fix it. I feel like they got like a couple weeks left before it starts I, becoming like a story. I, I- I got
0: I got reactions to a few things from Joey there. I I don't think the I don't think it's a mystery about the Phillies at this point. I was looking at this yesterday because I, I think you're right that they've been getting they've been flying below the radar in terms of their lack of success. And I think that's about to end. I think this team just kind of is what it is. And if I looked at its run from 2018 to 2023, like up through yesterday's loss and outside of the first three rounds of last year's playoffs. They have been basically a 500 team for the better part of five plus seasons. And I think, I think for some pretty understandable reasons, given the star, star talent on that team and the investments that they made in Trey Turner, primarily this offseason, I think a lot of people got overly excited about what this team actually was and how good the roster actually was, and, and myself included. And I think this is kind of just a 500 team and it's potentially less as we're seeing right now if it's very best players are not playing at star caliber. So I think that's like, I think the Phillies are in big trouble. And I, I, it, I'm I, not expecting some significant turnaround like we got last year. I think that was a, a time and a place. And I think it's more likely that this is just a 500 team over the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, I, it is. Yeah, I, I think we can all acknowledge that the Phillies are better than this. Yes, like they should but be not better much than this? I don't think. Yeah, like it's 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 almost like uh, uh like a five fifty winning percentage, something like that. Like there, yeah, I don't which think I that.
0: Yeah, which I think which would be higher than they've posted basically in any season, other than what was it like last year? They were right around that mark. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I'm not super optimistic about this team and the thing with the rate like in terms of the storylines like Joey brought up Rangers Orioles and his Mia culpa there <laughs> that to me was the the storyline of the of the weekend was like I it was 19 to 8 over three games in terms of the run differential but that to me that to me both sheds light on the difference between these two teams and also overstates the difference a little bit because almost all of that was the Grayson Rodriguez start uh, on he Friday where he allowed nine runs and three and a third. Um, so if you, if you, I know you can, can't really ignore one start in a three game stretch, but that spoke to the gap and run differential in this series. But then you also look at the team's starting pitching overall this year. And Texas has like the, the best tied for the best ERA among its rotation in the AL and is third and wins above replacement and baltimore has a 4.87 ERA and is 12th. So I think that's while they have similar records, I'm a lot more confident in the rangers ability to sustain this this level of success moving forward than I am for baltimore. Above Good. and beyond the quality of the divisions that they play in, which I think is eventually going to catch up to baltimore a little bit even if they're still able to maintain second place in the division. Mm.
1: Just a just an odd division. I mean it an underwhelming but still intriguing at the same time, which is quite the dynamic to be (laughs) underwhelming and intriguing at the same time uh, is the NL East. Jay, what did, uh, what stood out to you over the weekend?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think other than Rangers, Orioles and Marlins angels, which I, I think were, I think Joey was right about those two things. It was kind of the, the yin and yang of the Yankees right now uh, with Aaron judge and Garrett Cole. Um, You know, I know they won, yesterday's game where Cole pitched, but obviously that was more on the heels of their offense mm-hmm. since his first seven starts where he allowed a one three five ERA and zero home runs over forty six and a third innings pitched. He's allowed eight homers and has a five six seven ERA over his last five starts and twenty seven innings pitched. And I was like, I wanted the to just FIP see is what worse was, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a, not good. I mean it's eight, a six eight home runs and twenty seven eight homers and twenty seven innings pitched is a disaster. Not good. Um, and I believe four of those five starts have been multi-home run efforts, uh, yeah. too. So he's Toronto, getting,
1: he didn't give up any, and then four out of five starts, he gave up two bombs go. each.
0: And I, and I wanted to know like w- what was driving that home run issue, and it's entirely his four-seamer. Uh, he allowed zero homers off his four-seamer in the first seven starts and has allowed six over his last five, and he's not getting any swings and misses in the zone with the pitch. That's basically declining start by start over the course of the season. I don't exactly
2: know what to make of that. Um, I know. I'll tell but, you why. I'll tell you right now. Yeah, tell me. Clark Schmidt, Domingo Armand, got two guys, got popped for sticky substance. Yankees mm. had some 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 concoction they were using, mm. skirting the line. They said, wait, skirt, skirt. we got chill, we got chill, we got chill. <laughs> we got chill. <laughs> and now maybe, hey, I didn't look at the spin rate data. I'm just saying that could be it. Because I've heard that. You hear Chris, Ball- uh, Chris Bassett on the Chris Rose rotation had a, Uh, interesting comment about like the Yankees and he asked Chris Rose asked him like do play do like people in the league think since the Yankees got caught for twice that like they or other teams are using certain substances more than others and like is that is there anything to it and he was like yeah that's what people think who who got asked that Lance Lynn Chris Bassett
1: oh Bassett okay yeah I mean that would make sense coming from someone on the Jays they fucking hate each other (laughs)
0: Uh, from the judge side though, I know we can get kind of numb to greatness and I don't want to do that with Aaron judge. So I just want to call it. I know he missed time, but if you look at through his first 44 games last season versus this season, he's basically having an identical run, uh, through 44 games last year, he had 17 homers and a 1.040 OPS this year. He has 15 homers with a 1.031 OPS. So. He's coming a lot closer, I think, to replicating what he did last season than I anticipated. I thought he would be great, but I thought it would be uh, a little bit of a regression, as you would expect. But he's just. I mean, he's basically performing in an MVP level again. So
1: wasn't wasn't the over under for his home run total, like 44 and a half or something crazy, oh, which is wild. Yeah, that's outrageous. So I mean, I, obviously, I'm a big judgy guy. Uh, I saw some clip yesterday um, <laughs> like Yankee fans. It's like I get that they love their Aaron Judge and they should. But he made a catch in front of the warning track where he just kind of had to do like a little hop. I, I to, saw like, that. Yeah. Catch it. And the caption was like. I would take Aaron Judge over Shohei Ohtani 10 times out of 10. Like, bro, this is the most basic catch on the morning track that I've ever seen. Like, I've seen 20 catches better than that this weekend. Just this weekend. So, listen, let's pump the brakes on the Shohei Ohtani comparisons to Aaron Judge. They're they're great in their own ways. It's like having two kids. It's like you're you're great at math and you're great at the clarinet and you're great at soccer we can all be great. It's okay Just stop comparing the two cuz they're not the same at all. Um but yeah, that was uh that was an interesting note on Garrett Cole. It was unfortunate to notice his downfall. Um <laughs> since, Thank since you So so much had been made about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I listen, I I wasn't going to bring it up. But since you mentioned it, yeah. The, uh, I cover the all 30 is,
0: teams, Jared. I cover yeah. all
1: 30 teams. Mm-hmm. You got to do a thorough job. This is an MLB. This is a baseball podcast. It's not even yeah. an MLB podcast. I mean, we're, we're talking about baseball and the KBO if, if it uh, uh, brings itself to the forefront of the conversation. Would love to. Jake, what, what stood out to you over the weekend? Uh, I got Derek White hitting a buzzer beater to force game seven, but we can save that for our basketball <laughs> podcast. Okay. Right, we'll I saw Jake's tweet.
0: He said he believed.
1: Mm-hmm. I saw the tweet. He always believes. We were down 3-0. Yeah. Jake never gives up. He's one of those guys, man. It's just, he has faith. Uh, I saw a tweet from uh, ESPN Stats and Info that really, you know, I've been talking about home run distance. It's kind of my thing lately. The Braves have hit 19 home runs of 440 feet or farther, eight more than the next closest team. So I was curious. I was like, all right, who did that? So I looked it up. Uh, of the 19 home runs of 440 feet or farther, uh, how many of them were Ronnie, do you think, uh,
2: Joe? 440? 440. And there was 19 of them? I bet he has, oh, I don't even know how many home runs he has. What's eight, seven, seven of them? Six. Six. Yep. And the what other one. Who do you one, think is next uh, after Olsen? There's Olson? two tied for four. It'd be Olsen and, and Ozuna. And Ozuna's the other one. Yeah, Ozuna's, yep. Ozuna's on fire. <laughs> hmm <laughs> Yeah.
1: Uh, and then there's someone with, there's two players with two.
2: Other two would have to be two players with two, 440. Mm -hmm. I bet Sean Murphy. Murphy, yep. And then, I don't know, man. Could it be Ozzy? Nope. Ozzy's too small. Too small. He doesn't have any. (laughs) I don't know, man. Arcea? Nope. Austin Riley. Yeah, that was an, I'm an idiot. Yeah, Yeah. that was just a fucking. Brain fucking far. No shit. It's Austin. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Braves be smacking them this year. They're smacking them. I haven't heard any uh, uh, tinfoil hat conspiracies from Dallas this year about juice baseballs. We've been getting that for the last three, four years from him. And he's been right for the most part. I mean, it's not uh, it's not that he's been wrong. Some of the some of the, the I, I don't I, I have a theory about the theory why people don't care so much about the baseball manipulation is because people like home runs. Like it doesn't have to be this secret thing. Like they're not putting heroin in the baseballs. That would be a real conspiracy where people would be like, why aren't we talking more about that? But they're just making them bouncier so that the balls go farther. And that's great. I who doesn't love some home runs.
0: I also not to get bogged down in it, but I also think that the, the baseball manipulation conversation, particularly on Twitter gets very dense and is not presented in a way that's like easily accessible for a lot of fans you know like mm. like coefficient of resistance and stuff like that <laughs> yeah um yeah i think i think you're correct that most it, it just doesn't catch on most people don't give a fuck no
1: yeah like it's nobody's cheating I think the one uh, right like they no i don't- that sounded like the, the, the theory that they were juicing the balls for Judge and the Yankees. Like that, that kind of
0: stuff. I that kind of stuff. I specifically do not believe in. I'll say that.
1: Yeah, it's just it's. I think MLB can be dumb sometimes, but they know that there are a lot of nerds that follow baseball, and I feel like they would just be like, "There's too much information out there." There's so
2: much, dude, and, and it's not a coincidence that all this juice ball talk started. Literally in 2015, the year they introduced that cast. So you have every metric, but the ball has com- always been fluctuating in terms of distance since the beginning of the sport. It's mm-hmm. never, never stopped. Cause these balls are fucking handmade and freaking come from like 40 different countries and ingredients well, are rubbed with mud that comes from a secret river. And there's a certain amount of mud on each ball. And then it's like, yeah. So it's just, it, some go further MLB, than others.
0: MLB kind of brought it on itself, too, by bringing the ball manufacturing in-house, too. Like If you're going to directly yeah. oversee the creation of the baseballs and there are inconsistencies in those baseballs, then I, I think it follows logically that people would look to you to, to explain the difference. And I don't think they've yeah. done a very good job in explaining those issues over the previous couple of years either. So that, that lends to the conspiracy theories and stuff like that.
2: I don't think yeah. they there's going to
0: really... be no
1: inconsistencies about my blue moon consumption after we're done Nothing. with this podcast though. That's just going to be very consistent. It's a good point. We are going to be sucking down some ice cold <laughs> blue moons on the back porch and join the holiday. Hope you're enjoying the holiday as well. A lot of day uh, baseball today. That's why we wanted to get the podcast out. Nice, quick one, get it in, get it out. Kind of like a blue moon because beer is a tried-and-true baseball tradition. But Blue Moon is the only beer brewed by baseball. Blue Moon was born in a ballpark, first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one-of-a-kind baseball tradition. Whether you're at the park or watching from home, uh, Joe, you're probably going to have some Blue Moons today at some point, right? What do you got going on for the holiday? I already did. You already had some Blue Moons? First thing? First thing in the morning? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you brush your teeth and then have a blue moon? Or do you have a blue moon and then brush your teeth? No, I get the blue
2: moon, brush
1: my teeth, then have another one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how it's done, brother. That is, uh, that's how you start your day with blue moon, with its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel. For a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ales of one of a kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer where you can get something that's one of a kind? It's bold flavor, bright explosion of color and iconic orange slice ritual guarantees a one of a kind beer experience. Perfect for spring weather best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful, bright color. A Beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Keep baseball traditions alive with blue moon Belgian style wheat ale. It's a one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for baseball merch and visit get.bluemoonbeer.com rocket to find blue moon delivery options. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com rocket. Blue moon made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue moon brewing company. Golden Colorado Ale. Um, okay. I, we did talk about, uh, we talked about, oh, the return, the return of Mike Soroka. I just saw, I mean, we knew that today was going to be the day, but officially it just came across the bottom line here. The Braves officially reinstating today, the Atlanta Braves have recalled Right-handed pitcher Michael. Oh yeah, he's going by Michael now, right? He's not Mike Soroka. He's Michael. I've always Michael. Called him Michael. Michael Soroka to Atlanta, and optioned right-handed pitcher Derek Rodriguez to Triple A Gwinnett. Is it Gwinnett? It's Gwinnett. 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 Following last night's game, um, I'm very excited. He's a friend of the program. Probably someone that we could get on at some time uh relatively soon he's been on the podcast a few times joe you'd like him i don't know if you've uh have you ever like watched any of his interviews or how yeah, familiar are you i think I, you with... I listened to one when you guys had him on back in yeah. the day. back in the day yeah that was all star game 2019 in cleveland was the first time that we had him on with his dad i uh, remember that uh, yeah we had him on with his dad in 2019 at the all star game and then during covid he appeared on Are You Smarter Than a Big Leaguer? Great show, by the way. <laughs> the rules didn't make sense. Uh, it was basically like, I don't even know how the fuck. I, I can't remember now thinking back on the show. I just know that like we, we tried to come up with a game show because there was no baseball games and we needed baseball content. So we did Are You Smarter Than a Big Leaguer? And uh, I don't think it was possible for the big leaguer to win. <laughs> <laughs> like we just didn't really think it through we were just like all right trivia show MLB player all right let's go um was <clears> fun <throat> though mike soroka good kid what are your expectations
2: for him now that he's he's finally back i Again, think expectations are definitely be- measured for soroka just because he's been he hasn't pitched in like what two almost three years mm-hmm. pretty close to three years And as a Braves fan, like there's been so many times where we're like, bro, just wait till we get Soroka back. We're going to be beast. And then, you know, always something comes up. So I think expectations are definitely measured. I think people are just happy to see him back because it's like all the bullshit he's gone through with all these injuries. It's it's exciting, though, man. Who knows? He could be a beast. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he is like a top pitcher on the staff. But also he hasn't pitched in three years. Yeah, has not pitched. Uh, since 2020. Uh, since
1: major 2020. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's crazy. And I mean, multiple what? Achilles tears.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: I, I, I'm not laughing at
0: him. I'm laughing. I'm like, that's just an unbelievable series of events to, to overcome and get back to the major leagues.
1: Yes. Fucking August 3rd of 2020 against the Mets was the last time that he was on the mound in the big leagues.
2: Hey, I bet, I bet he wishes he signed one of those freaking uh, predatory contracts that Acuna and Nazi signed. Mm. Give yeah. Brave shit. I bet he wishes was, he had one of those bullshit contracts. Everyone hates on
1: when, uh, when that clip went viral where he got named the opening day starter, was that for 2020 or for 19? I think it was 2020, right? Yeah. I don't remember
2: that clip, but it would have to be.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Man. What a journey for him. I'm rooting for him. Easy guy to root for. He's super nice, super down to earth. Uh, how does this how does this change the outlook for the Atlanta Braves? Like how because I mean, I who got booted from the rotation for Soroka?
2: Yeah, nobody. Because they they're down, they're down max Fried. They're down uh Kyle Wright. So like the other guy's going down is like a reliever. They were doing bullpen days. <laughs> Or maybe like uh, I guess I don't I don't think anyone got booted out of the rotation because they only had four starters. Maybe so Schuster then, doesn't pitch. So then now Dylan uh, with with Soroka back.
1: What is the what is the ideal Atlanta Braves rotation look like? It's Wright, Anderson, Soroka, no. Freed,
2: uh, Morton. You're talking at the end of the year when everyone's healthy. Yeah, like it, it
1: ideally would, when everyone is healthy and, and able, what's it, the ideal rotation look like?
2: Be Max Freed, Spencer Strider. Oh, Char- Strider.
1: Oh, yeah. fuck?
2: <laughs> Max Fried, Spencer Strider, Charlie Morton, Kyle Wright, and then either Soroka or Elder. I mean, they got a lot of options. I mean, if you believe in Elder, you think he's not going to fall off a cliff. The guy is the best CRA in the National League. And, you know, Soroka was rookie of the freaking year, dude. I mean, if he's back to where he was, this is like the best rotation of all time. I always have that one guy where it's like, yeah,
1: this doesn't make sense, but he's the best pitcher in the National <laughs> League this year.
2: <laughs> Literally uh, every year.
1: Every year.
0: I mean, the open question for the Braves, you can really just fast forward it to who is the number three starter, right? Because when we're talking, this, te- this team is going to the playoffs and you're talking about a postseason rotation, you know, Strider, Strider freed or pitching. So who is going to be that, that game three guy? That to me is like the more open competition sort of thing going on. Maybe, you don't, maybe those front two are nasty enough where it doesn't even, it ultimately won't matter, but no. th- that's, the, that's the question it's a good problem to have it's a good problem yeah it's not a problem it's just it's just like who is that person somebody has to pitch game three so who will that be yeah i mean as of now and if it's just charlie morton yeah and if it's him that's fine And, and he's obviously pitched in plenty of those games had a reasonable amount of success and uh that's part of the reason they signed him i'm sure but uh you know, there's plenty of upside in some of these Well,
2: what about guys. Elder? I mean, the guy leads the National League, and I, I'd like to hear Jay Hay's take on this because I'm sure you've seen the StatCast data on Bryce Elder. It's, like, all blue. It's, like, really, really bad. But he leads the National League in URA. And a yeah, lot of I people, think they Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was <laughs> stalling because I thought you were looking it up.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I was just going to say, like, I I think he's a pretty prime candidate for regression, but they also don't this isn't a rotation that is relying on Bryce Elder to continue being a 2.01 ERA guy His ex-ERA is 4 4.46 um that seems a little bit closer to what his minor league profile would have suggested in the major leagues so uh i think he's i think the nice thing about having Bryce Elder post a 2 ERA through the first two months of the season is that it's banked success right and you can't take those wins and that production away. So I think uh I think even if he's ultimately not in the rot even if he's not in the rotation picture by the end of the year, I I, I just don't think that really matters.
2: Yeah, he's done um, his job. And at the best time possible, right when you lose Kyle Wright and Max Fried, this guy goes yeah, on the tear.
0: Right. Exactly. I mean, he gets absolutely knocked around though, by the way. <laughs> Since you brought up his savant page, like he he is giving up some blisteringly hard contact. um, And particularly on his two fastballs. Like he's not recording. <laughs> batters are hitting 329 off his sinker and 348 off of his force.
2: But he- look at his ground ball rate. Can you think of anyone like this though? Like I can't think of anyone whose stats are this good compared to that one thing on Savant. And a lot of people point to the ground ball rate. If you're pro Bryce Elder, look at the ground ball rate. It's not on Savant. Yeah. It's amazing. I don't know if that holds up over time.
0: I mean, I think if he's posting a ground ball rate of 56% or 58% or whatever it is, that that gives him a better shot at succeeding. But I, that alone is not going to allow him to outpace his peripherals by two and a half runs of ERA. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But again, well, it doesn't I, really we matter. We still got to
1: show respect yeah. to Bryce. Bryce. But I
0: think we did. A lot of respect. Yeah.
1: I love Bryce Elder. I keep going back to that uh, uh, radio interview that I did in Atlanta. And, I mean, the Braves at the time, best record in the league, and they're just throttling teams. And they were talking about how the uh, the sky was falling, basically, because of, like, Max Fried it, it was down. And I was like, guys, you have an embarrassment of riches that other teams would kill to have. Like you're right now, like you're already just configuring your playoff rotation, being like, yeah, so who's going to start game three? Is it going to be the guy that like leads the league and everything? Or is, <laughs> it is uh, it's good to be a Braves fan. That's all I'll say It is good to be an Atlanta Braves fan. All right. We got to take a break and talk about Zinn nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one. But Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zin has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zin. Zin is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction because it's discreet. You can enjoy it anywhere. Anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zin earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zin swag, even gift cards. Find your Zin at your local convenience store or online at Zin.com. That's Zin, dot com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Uh, is it good to be an Angels fan? No. I don't know. I, it's, no, it's not no. It's not... I'm, it's not bad to be an angel it's not bad it could be right? worse it could be worse ben joyce getting called up dude throws 106 <laughs> miles an hour that doesn't do sure, anything for it could you be worse
0: no of course it could be worse we've talked about the oakland a's at the start of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> like, it could be much worse um, but to me it's a tortured existence because i guess it's good because you get to watch trout and otani play but I just feel like watching Otani play in that uniform, if you're a hardcore Angels fan, has just got to be a very stressful experience
1: Yeah, for reasons
0: we've covered many, many times now.
1: I think that they're in the worst possible position to be in because they're not great. They're 28 and 26, so they're not in a playoff spot. They're three and a half games out of a playoff spot. They're tied with the Jays. They get the the Mariners and Red Sox ahead of them, and the Yankees uh, for that last wild card spot. So it's like you're in it, but are you? I mean, obviously, it's, there's a lot of season left. Things can change. You can leapfrog. There, there it's not like there's a ton of distance, a ton of separation. But there's a lot of teams in front of you. It's it's a crowded wild card race. So are you gonna sell if you're? three games back of a playoff spot by the trade deadline, or are you going to go for it? And if you go for it, you're not guaranteed shit. So it's it, the, 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 Otani sweepstakes looms heavily over this team, which is not something that anyone listening right now is not privy to, or doesn't understand the uh, importance of, but it's almost like this is the worst case scenario. Like you're two games above 500, like you're kind of in it, but are you, so you're, I don't know if you are going to sell. You don't know if you're going to go for it either. But man, that is going to be. Uh, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough, especially, you know, catching that sweep at the hands of what the Marlins. <sighs> what do you think happens, Jake? You think Shohei Otani gets traded? Did I cut out? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Who'd you ask? Sorry.
1: I said, uh, I said, Jake. Do you think Shohei Ohtani gets traded? Yeah, he's probably coming to the Sox. <laughs> yeah, I can see that happening. You give I it up. I can see that happening. Kluber, uh, probably the Kluber. Yeah, two times Cy Young Award winner. Um, Ort Paxton. That's costing,
0: that's costing you,
1: Marcelo, to start, dude. Caleb Ort throws a hundred. I would say Kluber, Paxton, Ort.
2: Um, <laughs> I don't think really they so trade hard. a man once Rendon comes back I don't know I don't see anything stopping these guys yeah Rendon's a beast he's actually been hitting well but he's been hurt again what the fuck I, I think Steven Strasburg, like, Anthony
1: Rendon yeah. <laughs> Anthony Rendon Anthony Rendon owes a big thank you to Steven Strasburg because if it weren't for Steven Strasburg it would be no doubt the worst contract in the sport of
2: baseball right now it's pretty funny if you look back on the nationals we're like all right we're either signing rendon or strasburg it's one or the other which one do we pick what? I, either way they were the fucked. thing
0: about the <laughs> thing about rendon is like he's still like a competent baseball player when he plays it's it's just like it it, it is a shocking lack of availability for the beginning of a monster contract like he's this is there is so much more Anthony Rendon in an Angels uniform to look forward to. And these are supposed to be the prime years and he's playing like 50 games a season. Uh, I mean, listen. If a guy tells you he doesn't really like baseball,
1: he did which he did Maybe I, I don't
0: know, man. Maybe if I if I was a billionaire, maybe and I my my GM was presenting me with options to spend 250 million dollars on the guy who was published saying that he's not that big of a fan of baseball finds it very boring. I don't know, man. Maybe I would have skipped
1: by that one. Yeah. He uh so this he signs for a seven-year, two hundred forty-five million dollar contract. Uh his first season, twenty-five point five. In in 27.5 Last year made thirty-six million, and this is the first year. Of his contract ticking up to thirty-eight million dollars a year through the twenty-twenty-six season. So, yeah, every other year, it's just like, oh, he gets paid this rate just once.
0: We have three more seasons after this year of Rendon and the Angels.
1: Rendon for thirty-eight million dollars a year. Yes, thirty-eight million. Jesus.
0: I just. It's- I just there's something magical about every time the angels have a contract. That's just like this onerous, just anchor around (laughs) the neck of the franchise come off the books. It's like, well,
1: finally, as it turns
0: out, we inked another one of those a year and a half ago. So, uh, we got to just wait another five and we'll be good. It's like,
1: uh, CJ, Gary Matthews, Albert
0: pools, Josh Hamilton, Anthony Mm. Rendon, just, like a billion dollars worth of... Nothing. Nothing. No. <laughs> basically basically nothing. You paid a billion dollars so that Albert Pujols could have his actual successful retirement tour with his original Cardinals team that he left for you. Mm-hmm. Um, good stuff.
2: Well, now it's paying off. Now he's in the coaching. And room. that's talking angels. <laughs> well, I, w- I would like to br- bring up some more angels shit. Is like they are bringing up every single prospect as quick as possible this year. And I guess because I mean, they're in a for? win now. Yeah. So, like They need to win, but it's interesting.
0: I also don't know that any of these prospects that they're bringing up are the type of guys that you would have manipulated service time to fuck with anyway. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but these to me feel like more like the the Angels system is not that great and these are their best prospects. Not because they're bad, but more like by default and that they're people that you should be bringing up when they're ready to play. That's kind of my take on it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and with some with some prospects, it's like, yeah, we need to see you succeed against a certain level of talent. We need to see how you overcome adversity at certain levels throughout the organization. But then they just probably look at Ben Joyce and say, well, this guy throws 106. <laughs> so I, I'm that plays that plays. Yeah, it's at not the getting level. faster. <laughs> no, no, it's not. So like, that's a guy that I think can, can leapfrog some, uh, some steps that other guys may need as part of their development. <laughs> um,
0: shout out Ben Joyce, who in 15 and two-thirds innings at A this season has the awesome combo of seven hits allowed and 24 strikeouts. Dang. Also, now that I'm looking at it, the even more odd combination of he's allowed seven hits, but 12 runs.
1: How many homers did he give up? Only one home run. How many walks did he have? 13 in Jesus. 15 and two thirds.
0: <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so, so only seven hits, but 13 walks in 15 and two thirds. So he's allowed 20 base runners in 15 and two thirds. So there seems to be through my amateur scouting to be a little <laughs> bit of a control issue here.
2: Yeah, want to that, even that was gonna be my question because you know Ben Joyce you know, you, plays in yes, the minor you could throw leagues, and league they're can you experimenting a, with a pre tech ball. It for it's like the only league they're doing, I'm gonna doing say he, he can't. I'm gonna say that's a no. It's the ball. It's the ball he's using in the minor leagues. Okay. He's in the one league they're using a pre tech ball. That a whole league hates it. It's they know it's like an insane walk rate, and insane strikeout rate because he was in the that's game good where context. they. Yeah, they he was in the game where they uh they threw a no hitter and lost like seven to five because they hit, like, four batters, walked, like, seven batters, and struck out 30 batters in one game. It was amazing. That's outrageous. I mean, I
1: that... Like, when you talk about the sticky stuff when it first kind of came out, and guys were like, well, yeah, like, I don't mind when pitchers use pine tar. Like, I'd rather have them have the control so they don't fucking smoke me in the head. And then you start to get to the uh spider tack, which is like that's they're not using it for control they're they're using it for spin and for the ball to do video game wiffle ball shit i don't know that i would have a huge issue with ben joyce using pine tar be like listen <laughs> dude ball's 106 like the 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 amount of time like i don't think that the the casual or even diehard baseball fan you can understand how little of a of a moment your brain has to decide to swing, take or get the fuck out of the way. For 106, it's crazy. Like like you talk to some of these professional big league hitters and they'll call, the best ones will tell you doesn't matter how hard you throw it, we can time it. And and I believe that. Like I think that, that that's not untrue, but We've seen guys get hit in the face. Like, did they want to get hit in the face? Are they trying to get a free base out of it? No, it's like they didn't have the time to to get out of the way of that shit. I don't know. Like, is the, eventually we're going to hit our velocity ceiling. I don't know where that is. Where do you think that is, Jay? Hay? if if this dude's throwing one hundred and five point five, then where is the velocity ceiling?
0: I have to be honest. I thought we would have already hit it.
1: Like, yeah, I, I'm. I'm pretty surprised
0: to see that it's gotten to 105, 106 uh by 2023. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I thought know we either. were already reaching kind of the upper bounds when people were hitting 101, 102. Yeah. Um turns out not the case.
1: No. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think what uh what takes away from the awe of it like when you had guys hitting triple digits for the first time, like when we were seeing Billy Wagner and like all those guys, Daniel Bard was throwing a hundred at Fenway and everyone was like, Ooh, like you could hear the ooze in the crowd when you would hit a hundred. It's 10 less than 15 years later. And we're looking at guys like Ben Joyce who throw a hundred and five point five miles per hour. But then Jay Hay reads off the numbers and it's like, yeah, well it gives up seven hits and fucking 13 walks it's like it's not as cool like it would be so cool if it's like yeah he throws 106 he's throwing 13 innings down in double a he's given up one hit in 35 strikeouts like that's what your brain would immediately go to if it's like what he throws a 106 that's faster than the speed of sound like there's no way that the human eye can catch up to that well they they can especially when it's in the zone and that's If that's what double A hitters are doing with it. Welcome to the big leagues. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go, but it's it's a fascinating experiment, I guess, to just fast track a guy that clearly doesn't have his control figured out. We'll see. We will see. Um, We don't have a call from Max today. (laughs) But uh, we do need to talk about Max. Hey, did you hear? There's a new streaming service called Max. It's a sure bet with everything on HBO Max, including HBO, uh, the DC Universe, Adult Swim, together with TLC, Discovery, Food Network, and more. Max really has some of the best content out there. There's literally something for everyone. Max is where we all win. Max, the one to watch course you're going to need a subscription so why don't you go over and visit max.com sign up today today Uh, and also while we're at it we need to get joe in therapy we really do we're gonna get joe some better help we're gonna make joe a better guy (laughs) because baseball is dead is sponsored
2: by better help that's why. <laughs> For no other reason. We're sponsored. We need to go go to therapy. We got the sponsorship. Well, we need you. We need you to, we
1: need you to get right in therapy, Joe. We do. And it's so easy to get caught up on what everyone else needs from you. I mean, like a lot of people are like, when's your next video, Joe? Like, oh my God. Like, you need to put out another video. The people need it. People need baseball. doesn't exist. And you're like, you never take a moment to just think about what you need from yourself. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. 100%. But then we spend all of our time giving. It can leave us feeling stretched out and burnt out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. That's deep. That's deep, Joe. I've been in therapy since 2010. You need to, you need to get in there. You need to get in there and experience the world of therapy and what it can do for you. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, you better give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, which is what you are, Joe designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, which is a busy one. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash baseball today to get 10% off your first month. That is B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash baseball. Uh, um, okay. Is there anything else that we really wanted to hit on here? You got something about oh, we- Kimbrel 400 saves, Jay? Hay?
0: No, I just <laughs> wanted to mention it. I, I don't want to rehash the whole Kimbrel thing because we sort of talked about it with Kenley. Um, but I'm just fascinated to see where his Hall of Fame candidacy goes now that he's hit the 400 even mark. Um, Wait, and- Kimbrel hit 400? Yeah, Kimbrell 400 saves. Oh, I totally missed that.
1: I yep. thought I thought when you when you brought it up that you were like is he going to get there is he going to get the save opportunities because he's been so ass I totally missed that he actually hit 400. Good oh yeah, yeah yeah He's been fire lately. No, he's
0: been great and uh but the the overarching thing that's fascinating for me about Craig Kimbrell now is just like how do the voters deal with his Hall of Fame candidacy because 400 has kind of been that magical number uh for modern relievers and you're going to need direct you're going to need to kind of ju- juxtapose that with as we've talked about the f- before the fact that he's been <clears throat> more or less a non-entity for the last 5 or 6 years of his
1: career. He he's the Andrew Jones of of closers. Yeah, pretty much. Uh yeah. his last and, that- and the idea
0: that Andrew Jones would not be in the Hall of Fame and Craig Kimbrel would feels I mean, with all due respect to Craig Kimbrel, that feels
2: silly to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I take it back. He hasn't been that far lately. I swear to God, he, he's been like, okay. Uh, he's been okay. No, like hey, I yeah. thought
0: you meant like the last couple days. His last um, eight yeah. <laughs>
1: appearances, his last eight appearances, he's got four saves, eight innings pitched, three hits, but two of them were homers, uh, two walks and fifteen
2: strikeouts in those eight innings. Like, that's pretty good. Opponents hitting a buck eleven. That's pretty yeah, good. That's just crazy how quick it can change for a closer. Because when he clo- when he got four hundred saves against the Braves, the I what is it six or seven appearances before that he gave up two hits and oh, I had a one ERA basically, and I was like, oh, Krimbrill's back. Krimble. And he gave up a run the next day, and no, nope, now it doesn't look as good. But that's, that's just another I mean. former Braves player to play the Braves and then beast on us. So you got every capital, correct. Everyone's getting 400 saves against the braves. <laughs> and shout out to his thing. dad, man. What a look. He's got a look, man.
1: Oh my God, yeah, it's kind of horrifying. He looks like, cr- he, he looks like someone from the hills have eyes. I love it. <laughs> I think uh, his dad and I can't remember if it was Chris Sales' dad. They, they, I mean, those are those are some Florida boys. Those are some Southern boys. They just they look different. They 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 got that who gives a shit attitude. <laughs> that's how they that's how they live their life. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I don't. No, why would you? So, um, all right. Uh, any final thoughts here
0: this evening? I have a quick final thought, please, to put a bow on that Bryce Elder conversation from earlier. I did a little additional digging because I was Joe. Joe got my uh, my juices flowing and I wanted to see what's led to this seemingly a little bit lucky start. Mm -hmm. turns out uh, Fangraphs has has a stat called left on base percentage, which is basically the percentage of your base runners that are stranded um, and his is the third highest among all qualified pitchers behind only Shane McClanahan and Tyler Wells. So that doesn't mean you're a bad pitcher if you have a high left on base percentage. It just means that more of those runners uh, are likely to come through over the remainder of the season than have to this point. So that's another thing contributing to Bryce Elder's situation. We'll see if it holds up. Okay. Joseph?
2: Uh, Well, one thing we didn't bring up is the fucking Tatis shit oh yeah tumultuous tumult. i can't pronounce that tumultuous tumultuous return to the bronx Mm mm-hmm um
1: (laughs) that was a weird shoving incident with anthony rizzo because it felt like rizzo like shoved him and then decided it was a bad idea halfway through the shove yeah (laughs) because it wasn't like a shove with authority it was more just like hmm (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> so he's, what it was he's, I watched the replay like 20 times and I was like I don't even see where he got hurt but I guess it it was weird because he was like on his knees like grabbing his wrist but I didn't see anything happen to his wrist I saw Tatis's hip hit Rizzo in the head and then they called it a neck injury but when he hit the ground he was like holding his wrist I, was like, I don't know I, I, that felt weird to shove him for that I don't think that he was trying to Hurt
2: him like I don't think there's anything dirty about it. I think that's what it was a instant reaction because you know when you get like hit in the head like a little bit, you know, yeah, and you just get hit in the fucking nose, dude. You know that feeling? You just get fucking pissed off. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, you're just fucking around it could be your boy, and you get one in your fucking nose, like, and you just want to fucking kill someone for like a second, and then you know yeah. not to. But that's probably what happened. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, if you look
1: at the shove, he obviously thought better about it halfway through the initiation. <laughs> yeah. Rizzo, Rizzo's not that guy. He's a nice guy. I don't think he's, he's out there trying to throw hands. What
2: is Tatis that guy? Cause he wants all the smoke.
1: I don't think with he the wants fans, that. Does
2: anyone, smoke? does anyone have a problem with him taunting the fans in the outfield? Cause the first time he did no. that, there was outroar.
1: Um, you just combined outrage and uproar. Didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: like <laughs> that's what people do when they're out-roar. good at podcasting. They make new fucking words that are cool as fuck, and then everyone starts saying them.
1: Yeah, uh the outroar about, about Tatis. It what was that Wrigley that he did that? Yeah. Uh yeah, I think it I think it was just because he did it for the first time, but I, he also wasn't performing great when that happened. But now it's like if you're if you're just being Tatis again and you're not Juicing and you're you're still performing and proving people wrong. Then yeah, go ahead and chirp whoever you want. If you're hitting if you're hitting homers in Yankee Stadium and they're just taunting you for it, then taunt them back. Who cares? I I I have no issue with like if that's what he wants to do. Like because I just think it's so phony when you get guys like A Rod that would be the steroid guy, but never acknowledge it. You know, like when you're when you're just out there and everyone is is taunting you for being on the sauce. And you just never even acknowledge it. Like, you have to have some sense of humility and sense of awareness. And I think that's just what Tatis is doing. He's like, yeah, I hear you. I'm still going to keep hitting homers. Like, whatever. Go fuck yourself. Yeah,
2: It's interesting you say that because, you know, he hasn't really been that good. Like, he's got a a 111 OPS plus, which is like, for Tatis, basically a 50 OPS plus. Like, I think it will get better. I mean, the last time I checked his OPS was like high 800s. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm surprised looking at this, too, because I thought that, too. I was like, oh, Tatis is doing well. And then he hits two bombs against the Yankees. And you're like, oh, he's fucking on fire. And then he, that's only two hits he had all series. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's just like, oof, oof. if he's not mm. doing well, if he doesn't do well, if he hits a, a 111 OPS plus for the rest of the year, which I don't think he will. I don't think the Padres make the playoffs.
1: They need a lot of things to go right for them to make the playoffs. Like Soto was out of the lineup with what? Back spasms?
2: Back stiffness? That makes sense, bro. He's been carrying these fools. Mm. Mm. There's
0: four teams in between 45 and 55% to make the playoffs in the NL right now. Padres, Mets, Giants, and D-backs. Still need them to sort themselves out.
2: Mm. So those four teams and how many spots are they fighting over? three because none of them three? will make the win the division
0: three
2: yeah hmm. yeah I, I mean i wouldn't say they need a lot of things to go right to make the playoffs as jared just said i think what are they, they start, four they will, or five like, games under 500 right now yeah but when you say they need a lot of things to go right is that seems like that's like what the marlins need to make the playoffs obviously every team needs some things to go right but I, s- I much, stand by the that because like,
1: I mean to your point if Tatis is not performing well that's one thing uh, Manny Machado has not performed well that's another thing Xander Bogarts has gone dark uh, since the start of the month of May. He had like a hot start in April. That's about it. You need him to get going. You look at the pitching staff, like Blake Snell's not been very good. You Darvish got his tits lit. Like it's you've got you've there's a lot of things that need to turn around. It's not just like, man, if we could only get so-and-so going, we really take off everyone that they brought in. That was supposed to be a star. that was supposed to be like the reason why they win not one, not two, not three. Like no one has been carrying their weight. Like, no one has been playing to the back of the baseball card. You can make the case for Juan Soto. Outside of that, who the fuck is, who the fuck has been as advertised? Who who has been what they've been before they got to San Diego?
2: No one except for, except for Josh Hader, basically. And then that's your closer. That's not going to get it done. No. That's your best player. If Hasan no. Kim leads the team in war, you got problems. might be fucked. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're in fourth place, dude. They're t- they're five games under 500. They fucking lost two games over the weekend to the Yankees. 24 and 29, seven and a half back, whatever. Call it. Call the call the division over in the NL West. They're not winning the fucking West. But you look at the wild card. How many teams are ahead of them? You got uh, are they better than the Phillies? They should be. Are they better than the Pirates? Yeah, they should be. Are they better than the Mets? Yeah, they should be. Are they better than the Giants? Yeah, they should be. But they haven't been.
2: Yeah, I would. I would agree with every team other than the, than the Mets. And the Mets, you got a debate there. If the Mets, I mean, the Mets are
1: in, I mean, they're not as bad, but they're in the same boat of like, what the fuck happened? Like we loaded up and this is the result that we get. They're in the same boat in that sense. If, if the Mets and the Padres were at their peak of what they should be based on the talent that they have, that would be an awesome NLCS. But mm. now it'd just be a battle of the mid. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but if you got two mid teams going at it, they're both mid. They could still I'm, be a good series. <laughs> it I'm
1: could fucking be.
0: I I am instituting a personal policy that I'm not talking about the Padres until they actually start playing well because it's the same problem that it's always been. So either hmm. these people start playing well and they give us a reason to talk about them or we don't talk about them again. In the air Wait. to right field. Towards the corner. It's back. It's gone. Welcome to slappy Diego.
1: It's too bad because they are a losing team.
2: If they were in the the AL Central, they'd be in third place right now. The AL Central should be abolished. (laughs) What a
1: terrible, terrible, terrible division that is. That's fine. Let's pretend the
0: Padres are in that division and lump them in there and not talk about them until they give us a reason to.
1: That is (laughs) my final thought. Fuck the AL Central. The... Minnesota Twins, the first place Minnesota Twins would be 11 games back in the AL East. <laughs> uh, the Angels have a better record than the first place Minnesota Twins. The Mariners, the Marlins, the D-backs it is a joke, a joke. The first place fucking Minnesota Twins would be 11 games back in the AL East. Bums. Get rid of the division. All right. Uh, everyone enjoy your Memorial Day. Enjoy the day uh day games today. And uh we will be back on Wednesday.
0: Migo.